0: This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a Coco Mocha Signature Latte. Or make them
1: swoon with a Strawberry Dragon Fruit Dunkin' Refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.
0: I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race in this first term. And I have kept the faith. We've accomplished more than anybody thought possible four years ago, but we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. God bless you all. Thank you
2: very much. Thank you for a historic landslide victory.
1: We are now entering the home stretch ahead of the midterm election. For months, political analysts have said a red wave is coming,
0: a referendum on inflation, illegal immigration, Indoctrination? How are Democrats
2: mitigating that red wave? It's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle
0: false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve... Welcome back to a Ruthless Variety program and a bleary-eyed program at that. We've got a bunch of folks here who... uh, well, we've given everything we've got, and um, haven't slept in a few days. But we figured we owed you a full discussion, absolutely, of what happened on Tuesday.
1: And 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 let me begin by saying, impressive, impressive showing. And uh, you know, I, Holmes, when we were when we were discussing uh, what we want to get across in this episode, Holmes brought up some really great points. I'm going to just let you take it with the whole Duncan uh, Virginia analysis.
0: Yeah, well, listen, so Duncan's not with us today, but if you'll recall in our election spectacular, Mm -hmm. what we did at the top of the program was talk about some things that would be indicators in the first hour of poll closings that may give you an indication of what was to come. And having been through 20 years of these things, um, you never know exactly what you're going to get. You get, uh, you know, some indication and I think we prepared you for that over the last couple of months. But, you know, ultimately, there, there's, uh, there's some swing there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so what Duncan was saying and what we were talking about was Virginia, in particular, had three districts, mm-hmm. right? There were targeted house districts. And you could tell in the first hour whether or not this was going to be a good night, a spectacular night. Or like a colossal red wave night.
1: Yeah, like right? an all-time historical.
0: Right, so right.
1: It starts off as a good night, like a really good night.
0: Yeah, so the good night was the Luria seat Yep. Uh, that was in the Virginia Beach area, and we won that. Won that one. Right, so it's a good night. The second one was Abigail Spanberger, mm-hmm. who was a very difficult Democratic incumbent, and uh, the thought was, that was a very attainable seat this cycle mm-hmm. because of all the crosswinds and everything else. Um, it didn't happen. It didn't happen.
1: It was a close one. It was a well-fought one. There, there was so many factors at play there.
0: Yeah, and then obviously we didn't get close with the hung cow. You heard him here uh, on the on the Variety program. Unfortunately, My, I heard Glenn Youngkin actually on Fox uh, talking a little bit about hung cow and what a patriot that guy is and how happy he was that he ran and how good he was for, for the Republican Party in, in Virginia, which I think we can get into in a bit about our candidates who are willing to put their names on the ballot. Mm-hmm. My point is is that in the first like five minutes of the election spectacular, you pretty much got a good idea. You
1: knew exactly and that's the thing is like I saw so many of our listeners being like, I have a completely accurate gauge of yeah. what to look for and they were on the same page the whole night.
0: And they were on the same part it look, there's highs mm-hmm. and there was lows.
1: Yeah. And 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 I so I think it's so important that Duncan broke that down is because all our listeners understood this is going to be a good night. Yeah. This is not going to be like every Senate seat, every House seat is going to be a Republican. And, We're not and, going and, backwards. Tonight. Yeah. And, and, and President Biden is going to surrender. And, you right. know, like this is the expectations definitely got way out of hand from from a lot of pollsters, uh, a, a lot of media personalities. But, but I think our listeners were 100% on the same page after Duncan broke down that very perfect
0: barometer. Yeah, I remember we went north and south and east and west. You know, the, the one thing that may have thrown people off a little bit, we talked about Florida mm-hmm. and how it has historically been a very competitive state. And a blowout in Florida is five points. And we were like, you know, DeSantis is going to hit that 20 is not something anybody had ever envisioned. That was it's r- a double landslide. I mean, that it's was a,
2: it's a double landslide. I mean, we all had high hopes, and they were met in in um, in Florida. And DeSantis, really, I mean, not only was it was it a twenty point win, but like he was winning Miami Dade. This is a plate. This is a county for yeah. folks who aren't familiar. This is a county where Democrats usually win. He was winning Hispanic voters. He was winning independents. This is the kind of coalition that it takes to win a general election in states across the country. And he sort of led the way in Florida. Yeah, I mean, and it was
0: first off the blocks, right? Because they know how to count votes in Florida. So it went like immediately, and everybody knew it was happening. And was like, "Holy shit! This is going to be. A, this is going to be a red wave." Which I do think. Coupled with all the atmospherics and everything else gave people the the false sense of, like, incredible optimism that this is going to be just, like, an incredible night. Anyway, it went went a little bit downhill from there, right? I mean, by any objective standard, if you take a majority away from somebody in the House and the Senate, you've succeeded in what you tried to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we've done that in the House. They're still counting votes, but it seems like that's going to be done. Mm-hmm. It may be a small majority, but it's going to be a majority. Certainly isn't like the 20-plus situation that we were talking about three weeks ago. There were some tough races that went the wrong way. But it, it happened, right? I mean, they took they, they they took the House. That's the thing is I, I,
1: I, I can't believe. So a lot of the discussion post-election has been this, like, ridiculous doom and gloom where the media <laughs> right. because the media absolutely is going to try to defend democrats yeah and so they are trying to paint a rosy picture on how Joe Biden is going to get investigated for yeah. the next 2 years right because that's what happened we took the house yeah mm-hmm. Joe Biden is going to have to answer for a lot of horrible things that he's done the 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 botched withdrawal from Afghanistan we're going to start getting answers because we took the house and then like I, I see all these conservatives being like, "Oh no, this is so bad." And
0: I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And we tried to te- we tried to temper some of the expectations when we had constant on the on the program mm-hmm. where we're talking about. You're you're talking about Biden plus seven. If you won every district that Donald Trump won, you'd have a minority by nine seats, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you're talking about Biden plus seven in order to get into the situation where we're talking about now, right? And and like that's a heavy lift.
2: Right. 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 It is. And I mean, you know, one of the one of the House incumbents who lost is this guy, Steve Shabbat. He's from the west side of Cincinnati. He's a great guy. His district was uh, Biden plus eight and eight, eight and a half, something like that. And he just he 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 couldn't overcome uh, Democrats in that in that district. And I think it sort of goes to the point across the map. That these Biden plus seven, these Biden plus eight districts were much tougher for Republicans. And, you know, I think you heard it here first on the show that um, these races were actually going to be very tough.
1: And and that's the thing is I think it's important to, you know, when, when the media does their explanation, they're not explaining to people that. This is a Biden plus eight district. Mm-hmm. This is a district that Biden won by eight points. Yeah. And we are fighting there. Right. And then beyond that, I think, a, you know, a lot of attention needs to be brought to two folks who are recently on the program. Number one, Lee Zeldin. Yeah. Number two, Mike Lawler. Yeah. So Lee Zeldin running for governor in the state of New York just kicked so much ass. Yeah. We're talking about this is New York State. We all got to be honest, it's a blue bash.
0: He had no business being in the conversation. He had no business
1: being in the conversation, and he gave Kathy Hochul the run of her life mm-hmm. because he pointed out how terrible crime—crime crime is such a major issue, and he stuck to the issue, he hammered the message home, and it's like a rising tide lifts all ships. He ran such a strong campaign, and it lifted so many of these house races in New York State. We've got like— over a half dozen new members of Congress from the state of New York. Over, I, I think we got 10 so far? 10 mm, that, new Republicans. Because Lee Zeldin ran that strong campaign. We had people like Mike Waller, who's on this show. Personal friend, wonderful person, beat the head of the Democrats' congressional campaign arm, the D-Trip. Sean Patrick Maloney got smoked.
0: It is a nice little cherry on top of the Sunday. There's no question about that. Look, we don't want to totally sugarcoat this, Right. It didn't meet expectations. The night did not meet expectations on either side. But you do have a House majority, and you're still, as of right now when we're recording, very much in play for a Senate majority. Mm -hmm. If you take both of those things by any objective standard that's been applied to any president in the history of the republic, you had a bad night.
1: You had a horrible... And and especially for a president like this who for the very first time is going to be held accountable. This Republican House is going to hold him accountable, and I think we're going to have a Republican Senate with him. I mean, things are, you know, hats off to the work y'all have done. Nevada is looking wonderful.
0: Yeah, listen, pal. Wonderful. Smash and I, and I know Duncan who's out in Nevada, and and Angry Redskins fan who's out in Nevada. Uh, Look, we haven't slept in in three nights. Uh, But I... (laughs) We're gonna get there in Nevada. Yeah, we're gonna get there in Nevada. I mean, all
1: the data I'm seeing. I mean, this is excellent, excellent situation to be in. And then uh, we got we got a runoff in Georgia.
2: Yeah,
0: and it's a
1: runoff and in we're, Georgia. We're and, wrap it
2: up. And this one, this one is a little shorter than the last one. This one is on December the sixth, and they've already started. Yeah, it's, already, it's a, it's a
0: month instead of two months, yeah. essentially. So it's a little bit quicker. I think that's a little bit better for any everybody. That was an exhausting long process in 2020. When we, of course, had two Senate seats up, we know all the disaster that went into that. I think this is a good one. Look, let's just talk for a minute about what we think went wrong and uh, some paths towards the future. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is a, a productive, constructive conversation. Despite the fact that I've had no sleep and it's, like, you know, difficult for me to articulate, I think if I take Pennsylvania, for example, Mm-hmm. It is very hard for me personally to identify with anybody who could cast a ballot for Fetterman. Right. You look at that guy. He first of all, he's a left wing lunatic. I don't care if he had a stroke or not. The guy is an absolute lunatic. He has no business in the United States Senate representing a state like Pennsylvania. It's Bernie Sanders
2: and Jim Shorts.
0: Yeah. Right. If Bernie wanted to let everyone out of prison, too, on top of it. right. right, Right. Right. But then you have got the physical disabilities that came along with the stroke and the hiding of it from the people of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. The pretending as though nothing had happened when clearly there was massive disabilities there that they just, they wanted to sweep under the rug. The honesty, everything was just not there. I'm shocked that despite all of that, that there were enough voters in the following places who were okay with this. And it's, Delco, Delaware County, Chester County, Bucks County. They mm. were talking about the southeastern sort of part of the state and the Philadelphia suburbs. These are suburbs who, from George H.W. Reagan, H.W. Bush, on through uh, 2016, voted reliably Republican. They were, um, uh, you know, Republican congressman, Republican city council what have you. That changed in 16. They obviously had a super negative reaction to Trump and Trumpism and everything else. Okay. But if you fast forward to 2022, Trump's obviously not on the ballot. You've got two candidates, one of which acts completely ridiculously, has absolutely no adherence to their worldview whatsoever. Uh, The other one is... At very least, you can say that Dr. Oz is a thoughtful, incredibly smart, successful person, right? Which you'd think would identify with that part of the country. And they didn't. They didn't vote for him. What made it worse for me is that you look at the exit polls, and the number one thing that people were concerned about was inflation. Mm -hmm. Number two is economy, Mm -hmm. right? They're also concerned about crime.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The message sold. What Republicans were saying in each one of these districts and states, but particularly when I'm looking at Pennsylvania, this is where it, it like, grips me. Um, People believed in what Republicans were saying as a rejection of Democratic governance. But they couldn't pull the lever. You got to ask why. Right? Is it a candidate problem? I don't know. If you match up Oz and Fetterman, is anyone going to choose Fetterman just as two people standing on the street? No. No chance. right? Mm -hmm. What's the problem? Mm -hmm. The problem is that Oz was introduced to that electorate through Trump. Mm. And he became the Trump-endorsed candidate. And as much as the problems that they identified with and they wanted to vote for and the reason that brought them to the polls in the first place got them there, they couldn't ultimately pull the lever for a Republican. They were still too scared. Too scared. And
1: as well, because like today now in the news, you, you, Trump said that like he didn't care for Oz and didn't want Oz.
0: It's that, But it's that kind of bullshit that I'm talking about, right? It's like the guy goes all out to try to get Oz elected in a primary and he wins the primary, he gets in the general election. He comes up a point short and now Oz is a piece of shit that he never wanted to see before. Like that's that kind of character that I'm talking about that it's the problem with those voters in particular. It's not that they disagree with his economic policies. Shit, everybody in that area loves Donald Trump from his economic... They love everything that the Trump presidency was about mm-hmm. from a policy perspective. But it's that kind of character stuff that I'm talking about here that becomes a real problem. When you start shooting inside the tent, wishing O'Day lose, a Republican candidate in Colorado yeah, that was lose stu- that was before stu- the election, and then cheering <laughs> his bang. demise after the fact. Right. It's those voters... That, that have a problem with that. Now, is he the only reason that he lost? No, not even close. There's many, many reasons for that, right?
1: And that's also another thing is I think like these ridiculous post-mortems which have begun of like what went wrong. It's like, this is the first time I've ever heard of a majority being one and everyone being like, what went wrong, folks? That's So on its face, you know this is going to be some bullshit circular firing squad garbage yeah. that the media is like 100% hyping up. Because all I heard journos trying to push is finding somebody, some Republican to say something about some Republican. That's like what every headline was about today.
0: Oh, totally. But, but look, my conclusion to all of this is if you agree with the candidate and you have a better candidate, and you are an even center of the road voter who's going to determine winner losses here and you go against all the things that brought you to the polls, you got a brand problem. Mm -hmm. You got a brand problem. People don't trust your brand. Mm. And that is a significant problem if you look state by state in congressional district by congressional district where we lost these tight races is a brand problem. You know where we didn't have a brand problem? Florida. Mm. You know why? The man's got his own brand.
1: I mean, that was, I mean, I think there's a lot to learn and observe from what happened in Florida because that, I mean, it was like three standard deviations beyond any expectation of what could happen. Yeah. That was the most thorough beating. I've seen in well in, because in, in elections in a very long time. I but mean, he he smoked.
0: But take the a dead. step back as a second, and everything we just talked about, right? If you have the same voters that we're talking about in Florida that play a pivotal role in every presidential election, there. This is not a bunch of right wing. Like there are some, obviously, but like the state as a whole is a is a pretty balanced politically speaking state. That state. Believed in all of the same things that people in Pennsylvania believed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The difference is they really believed in the brand.
1: It's it's really interesting because uh, anecdotally, because I mean, hell, fuck it, like every every uh, post election story is anecdotal evidence, anyways. But anecdotally, uh, a large number of the folks that I know in Miami, especially those who work in the tech community, are like they will not identify as a Republican. Or as a conservative, you and know, they're and they're, b- and
0: they're right wing,
1: and they're like, Desantis is fucking crushing it, dude. Yeah, like I am a hundred percent on board with this. Like, right. it, it is not like the the entire purpose of 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 Desantis is making it into like
0: they don't want to be re- versus n-
1: them. It's it's just an expansion of the tent.
0: But they don't want to be known as a Republican. Yeah, you got a brand problem. You got a brand mm-hmm. problem
2: right but but to your- i mean this is this is a dynamic that spread across demographics um if you look at the counties that are majority Hispanic counties in the state of Florida in the 2020 presidential race, Democrats won those by eight percent last night or two nights ago Ron DeSantis won those by eleven percent see I mean that's just that a, that's a a
0: sea change you don't see that in American politics you don't politics. Oh, you don't see that in American politics. Right. Something very special is happening. That's there. real. That is. That is, and it's it's significant. That's well, not. I mean, that's it's, not, it's, that's it's, not
2: polling. That's not like some pollster who's trying to get a story in some newspaper that you don't know that you whether you should trust the poll. That is something that happened on Tuesday night in the state of Florida well, and take it.
1: To it the it was like I said in our election episode when we went and had our uh, event in Florida with DeSantis. Where, I mean, you know, we we showed up, we we had uh, expectations that we're going to have a full house at this venue. And you show up and it's like pandemonium. There's like cars with like (laughs) DeSantis signs that are just like, they couldn't get in. So they're just like circling. There's cops blocking traffic. I mean, it was like a sea of people. Who were just like ready to go, yeah. Right. Like it was electricity. Like something. Like Satcher uh, says, something's going on there. Right.
2: Something's going on. there. And a lot. Of, a lot of them had Trump T-shirts. A lot of them had Trump stuff on their cars. But they were there to see Ron DeSantis,
0: and we're hanging on every word, right? right.
2: And if you look, I, I mentioned the majority Hispanic counties. If you look at the other counties that aren't necessarily majority Hispanic, Republicans. Remember, Republicans won the state of Florida in the twenty twenty presidential election, but. If you look at the non-Hispanic count, a uh, non-majority Hispanic counties, Republicans won those by five points. Tuesday night, Ron DeSantis won them by 20 points. Yep. Good God.
0: Yep. Here's the other thing. Dumb fuckery needs to be eliminated, right? I don't think it applies in Pennsylvania. Everybody wants to say like, you know, when when we're talking about candidate quality, that Oz is somehow a, a, a bad candidate. He's not a bad candidate. He was a good candidate. You heard him here twice. He was a smart guy, incredibly. I think he was un- unfortunately introduced into the political sphere mm-hmm. by shit he couldn't control. Yeah, right? I mean, he, I he think was, a
1: huge thing is like he was playing catch up from the beginning. Like, what was what was the gap right after the primary? It was like fifteen points. Oh yeah, it was massive. And he right. closed it to one. So I mean, like,
0: yeah. But anybody saying that, like, you know, you just swap him out with another candidate and you're going to have a different result doesn't really understand how he and his team prosecuted this argument against Fetterman. Like, the mainstream media was gonna give him nothing. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is is that Fetterman became a national story in October and made that race close because of what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Right, they actually did that. And I don't fault anybody for investing in Pennsylvania in that race. I was a believer in that race. I always go back to you know despite 20 years of doing this, you look at all kinds of numbers and cross tabs or whatever. but when everything kind of meets in the middle and you can't pick one side or another, I always fall back on the on the thing that you all as you're listening fall back on. Can I picture a reasonable person supporting this person? Mm. Can I picture one of my like non-political friends looking at that and thinking it makes sense? Yeah and the thing that I came back to with Fetterman time and time again was I can't imagine that. Yeah, I really can't imagine that somebody who is smart, who is thoughtful about their vote, would ever think about supporting somebody like Fetterman. Right. I mean, he's going to be the worst senator in the history of the United States Senate. Right. I mean, there's and there's not even a question. I'd be surprised if Josh Shapiro doesn't replace him within the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if this doesn't isn't a quick swap out. And his wife is in there, as you said a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. That was my guess. Yeah, but, you called it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all because he can't do the job. We know he can't do the job. He demonstrated it in statewide television that he can't do the job and yet people still voted for him. So you got a, you got a brand problem there. Mm-hmm. The other things like as we move like through the east into into the center of the country, like look, Ohio did what Ohio does. JD Vance won. Mm-hmm. That was a little nip and tuck for a little while, right? In Ohio, I'm interested in your perspective, smash. Um, it wasn't ruby red.
2: Well, J.D. Vance's win, I will remind folks, that was the thing I was looking most forward to yeah, it on election day because he's yeah. from Middletown, Ohio, and I think it's time for somebody from Middletown to represent us in the Senate. And <clears throat> it's it was a case where he trailed Mike DeWine. Um, Significantly, at some points in the 90s, that's the
0: governor who was up for re election. Yeah,
2: that's that's right. Uh, and so Mike, and that's also a story, man. The governors
1: ran strong, GOP governors incumbents ran, ran strong,
2: incumbents ran very strong, right? And Mike DeWine, especially, ran very, very strong in the state of Ohio. And he he led the ticket. Um, he's been around a, a long time, he's he's actually a, t- a terrific guy. Um, but I think the world of, of, of what JD Vance was trying to do, and um. You know, I, I I listened to him on in his election night speech. He was he was he was very good, and I think that if you are wondering what the future of Ohio is, it is a red state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the proof of that was uh, was locked in. Well, I think Tuesday his
0: constituency night. will grow within the state, right? I mean, I think that pe- people were again. They were a little nervous about his introduction into politics in the state. And you could see that massive gap between Mike DeWine and J.D. Vance in Ohio. What do you attribute that to?
2: I, I would say Donald Trump. It's got to I mean, be. There is no here, other here's thing. The, here's, the th- here's the thing. The The Ohio Republican primary was a race run by a half a dozen very capable candidates. All of them, I think, would have been okay nominees find nominees.
1: That was a wild primary. Like, it, it, it feels like it was years ago now, but it was
2: a wild primary. The primary was entirely defined by what does Donald Trump think of these people, and they were all, like, ladies-in-waiting down at Mar-a-Lago hoping that Donald Trump would endorse them, and that was
0: just, like, the, the that was the reality of that primary. That was the introduction, you know, because a lot of his other opponents had run for office before. That was JD's introduction into statewide politics, right? So, like, you don't get any other friend. You don't understand that this guy is one of the more thoughtful people you'll ever you're ever going to meet. No. You don't really understand the hillbilly elegy story and where it's from and where it, how it affects his worldview. You don't understand his success and how he attained it. All those things are closed off to a segment of voters immediately. By who he's introduced by. Because that's
1: the thing is, is if you know J.D. and you've gotten to meet him, and, and like you mentioned, just an incredibly thoughtful individual, but also, especially in a state like Ohio, when you have someone who is self-made, truly self-made, and can understand the struggles of every American that they face, because they've seen it. And 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 they've essentially they have lived the American dream.
2: That's what yeah, JD. Well, done.
0: And if he sounds mad on occasion, it's because he is because he feels it. Yeah, well,
2: it, it, I mean, it, it, he's it's justified it's totally crazy. because anybody who grows up in that kind of background and is completely overlooked for their entire life, it's 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 not good. Yeah, and, li- and 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 guess what? A lot of people in Ohio live that life, yep. and they want somebody who's going to stick up for them. And what is unfortunate. Is when that person who is literally grown up in a terrible situation, writes about it, gets famous because of his book, because people were interested in it. And then all of a sudden his entire life story is is defined by one movement in politics. I I just think I think it, it doesn't do justice to the who this person is
0: yeah I agree and, and what look, they're capable from of from a strategic perspective it is the reason he was nominated so I don't blame him for it
2: I, no no me, me either but, I mean that's but, but reality I, but,
0: I, but there is a reason why he was also lagging behind right let's look at Don Baldock for a second mm. there was a lot of discussion and this is where we get into the poll situation yeah right a lot of polls came out showing that that was a one or two point race bunch of like Trafalgar yep Emerson, I think, did one. There was a bunch of other right-leaning polls that said, like, this is a one-point race. Why in the world would Republicans peel back, support there, and try to double down on North Carolina, Ohio, Nevada, uh, Georgia? Who who was spending in in,
1: uh, New Hampshire?
0: That was SLF. That so that's the Senate leadership fund that's the McConnell Super PAC right They spent like 20 million dollars. but they were scheduled to spend like 30 million dollars. And after 20, I'm told after the fact that uh, they didn't see movement and that their internal polling showed that it was a six seven eight point race mm-hmm. and that they they didn't they collapsed the thing from 15 to 8 in the first week so they wanted to keep going. they did it the second week. And it didn't move, and they were like, "All right, we got to go spend this money other way, other places, because we actually have to try to solidify North Carolina, which ended up being a very tight race." Yeah. Well, not
1: wait. We got yeah. the W. Right? We got
0: that W. Got the W. Ted Budd wins, and he should great guy. Um,
1: and the SLF ads in North Carolina were fantastic. They
0: were. They That's were. Teamwork. But but if but, but Pennsylvania too. But there was a ton of heat on that discussion. Right. Right. And. In retrospect, their polling might have been the only one that was accurate in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. It was a ten. What is this? I'm gonna look. At, I'm gonna look it up right now while I'm on the deal here because I, I think it was I think it was like nine nine point race. Yeah, yeah. It's 44.6. That's not a close race. Yeah. So- and then
1: Trafalgar, I think the last Trafalgar had like, like up by one or something. Yeah. So yeah. like that's what I mean when like expectations start getting out of hand.
0: But it it's also because becomes, these
1: polls get out and like also the motivation for these polls is like, hey, like you can get your name out if you if you if you sell a product that people are like, yeah, I hundred percent wanna believe that. But be what?
0: careful when pundits with a point of view Yeah, yeah, that's the problem begin to latch onto polls that have less credibility to push their point of view as a reason that everybody else is fucking up and missing this. Be careful with that. Because mm-hmm. there's actual professionals that do this shit. We're looking at it. And in the end, that decision, I mean, what if they would have thrown the extra 10 there instead of North Carolina? What if they would have done that? It's
2: easy to get swept up in the excitement. It's easy to see something that you want to see and hope that that's actually true. Mm -hmm. And I think this is actually, this is a very interesting dynamic that we should probably explore a little further as the weeks go on as, as polling. and. There, we, I think we should uh, Tom Bevan or, or somebody. Yeah, we should get somebody there. on that
0: does the aggregators. Yeah, and we yeah. can
2: talk about this because it's it's the the polling dynamic. This cycle is a little bit different than it has mm-hmm. been in past. In past cycles, everybody says they undersample Republicans. This cycle, it's like they just weren't capturing uh, the public polls weren't capturing what what we were seeing on the inside in, in a lot of these cases. One, so,
1: uh, but, but not to get too deep in the polling, one of the very interesting things that I've, I've been seeing is. So, uh, one of the groups that outperformed, and this may be like one of the first times in history, is the like 18 to, to what, 24. 24-year-old yeah. voters who are people who like, this is an age group who if they get a phone call that they don't recognize, yeah. i.e. a poll, they will not answer the damn phone, like right. ever. You can't pull that group.
0: Right. That's right, the they participated. Point, yeah. No question about it. I think that may, may have made a difference in a lot of different places. But look, anytime and I mean this sincerely. We've talked about this previously, and I asked Don Balduck specifically when he did an interview here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anytime you see Democrats attempting to elect a Republican, don't go with that. Don't go with that. Like that, that it, it. They're not doing it to do some psychoanalysis on you to get you to pick the candidate that they don't want or whatever. I mean, they're doing it to try to convince you that, that this candidate is worth supporting, right? Chuck Schumer spent, what, $7 million trying to elect Don Balduck yeah. in that primary? Yeah. And he did it. Right. He got it done. And he lost by 10, right? It was a successful endeavor. Nobody talks about the malfeasance that Democrats do in Republican primaries, yeah. right? Nobody talks about what—I thought we were so serious about democracy. That's the
1: thing is, like, if the whole, whole like, uh, argument that you have is that, like, democracy is on the ballot— and then you vote for, the, or you you spend money trying to elect in primaries candidates that you feel are a threat to democracy. It shows you don't believe in that that premise at all.
0: No, it's just winning and losing. And here's the thing: I like Don Balda. Mm-hmm. He came on here, did a great job. Yep. Yeah. I no. think the general is a, a patriot for putting his name on the ballot. I like him a lot. Rick Wiley, who did all of his stuff up there, is a friend yeah. and guy. a good man. Very and, smart. And I, and I have no ill will for them whatsoever. They did what they needed to do. They came up short. I'm sorry about that. But if you're a voter and you see Democrats running ads on behalf of a Republican in a Republican primary, vote the other way. I don't give a fuck what it is Mm -hmm. like that. There's not there's a reason for it. It's not they're not trying to outsmart you. They're Uh, just doing what they're doing.
2: I think I think our voters will be even more attuned to that next cycle than they they were this cycle. So, So so
0: far they did that. And remember, this became a big thing in the congressional races. Yeah. And I think they did it in like seven different congressional races. Yeah, you know what their record was? Seven and zero. Seven and zero. Wow. They didn't fucking miss. Every single psycho that they helped elect lost. Wow. So I mean, guys, when you see a Democrat, wow,
2: that's something. That's something we need to. Wow. spend some time talking about even more
0: yeah it's a big deal it's a it's a thing right and they're doing it more and more often because they know from what we talked about in our first segment that when you are voters are identifying with the republican message they want to inflation concerns them crime concerns them the border concerns them that's why they're at the polls you can't win that fight
2: so just just for clarity's sake when you say that democrats are seven and oh they picked seven House candidates that they wanted in a primary who they thought they could beat in a general. They advertised on their behalf, and then, of course, they
0: beat them in the general. Yeah. God. And, and then you throw the Senate primary in, in there, too. Right. 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 So, yeah. Look, here's the opposite of that. Missouri, Republicans saw a problem mm-hmm. with Eric Greitens. They knew that he could not win a general election. They intervened. Right. Everybody says don't intervene in primary.
1: I, I think I, I've really started to come around to the to, to the opinion that you, you have to now. At this point, it's got to be done. The way that uh, – you cannot let only Democrats play in Republican primaries. Mm-hmm. That's crazy because that's what they're going to do. It's mm-hmm.
0: crazy. The idea that you just sit back and wait for – like, either- no,
1: only Dems are allowed to spend in Republican primaries Democrats? insane. That's nuts. Mm-hmm.
0: The Democrats can play in Republican primaries but and that Republicans can't? can't right. That's nuts. So Republicans got involved. I mean, you saw SLF spend like $7 million taking Eric Greitens down to the nub. Eric Schmidt, a terrifically talented attorney general there, Mm -hmm. gets the nomination. He doesn't require a single dollar, not $1. That was a state that we spent, I think, $30 million for Roy Blunt in sixteen.
2: Yeah, $28 million for Josh Hawley. No, $38 million for Josh Hawley in 18.
0: Josh Hawley required SLF to spend $38 million. Eric Schmidt. Mitch McConnell's Super PAC spent $38 million to get Josh Hawley across the finish line against Claire McCaskill, and we spent zero on Eric Schmidt. Yeah, Yeah. zero. And he got the win. And he got the win, right? This guy, I mean, talk about handling your business. That is something we're celebrating.
1: That was like, he ran like a ninja campaign, dude. It was just like, no talk, all business.
0: All business. Done deal.
1: Like, you never heard about that shit. He was like, I'm just going to get that
2: W.
0: All business, right? You go up to Wisconsin. Ron Johnson, we said it from the very beginning. Sneaky, one of the best races of the year. He put the focus on, on Barnes right from the very beginning. And then he got another $30 million or something like that helping him out because, look, that's a tough state. Mm-hmm. Democrats were all in to try to defeat them because they thought they thought that Ron John was like a loose cannon. That he would be like an undisciplined candidate. He would give them all kinds of opportunities. Well, he didn't.
1: They were totally wrong about that. Well,
0: he didn't, right? He was, Hats he, off to Las Civita on that one. He's one of our buddies who, who worked on that race. Yeah. Uh, a really good job. That's going to come home. I know it's still on the board right now, but everybody feels very confident that Wisconsin's in the win column.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, he he ran a great race, and, and, I mean, he had a little bit of fun uh, at the same time. Did you guys see these videos of him? taken down a pint of yeah. beer. Like, oh, yeah. You know, time it's flat. fantastic, That's right? That's
1: like the official sport of Wisconsin.
2: Yeah. Wisconsin. <laughs>
1: totally. <laughs> yeah, he's a
2: champ.
0: <laughs> so, look, we won't belabor too much. You go out west. There are two things that you need to keep in mind. They're both still on the board as of tonight. Mm-hmm. You're going to yep. hear this tomorrow morning. You're going to hear uh, Nevada and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Nevada, at this point, there is a 23,000-vote lead for Adam Laxalt, and um, I think that there is, I don't know, in the neighborhood of 150, maybe 200,000 votes still out. Um, his percentages look terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to win this race. They're going to drag it out forever because it is it is Nevada. It's all Democratic. It's all They set the rules to the election. They set the rules to everything. They're going to drag it out a while, but it, Adam Laxalt's going to win that race. The other is Blake Masters. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, look, hats off to Blake. He, um, you know, I think I think in the early part of his post-primary uh, run, had a tough run. Mm-hmm. But he put it together. He ran as a ticket with Kerry Lake. And they're going to be real tight there. Mm-hmm. Gonna be, just keep an eye on it. It's not done. It's not done. We're going to get some more numbers out of that tonight. Maybe by the time you hear this, things have changed. But but I think. That, I feel like Kerry can get it. I, I think, think Carrie's going to get it. Things are looking there. good for her.
2: There's a lot. There's a lot of early vote in Maricopa that um, is is coming in for Carrie Lake, and I think that she she might be able to get it. Yeah, I
0: agree.
1: So w- one more thing I want to quickly touch on is so one of the folks who I was texting with back and forth constantly throughout election night, uh, front of the program, David Kochel, Iowa, yeah, oh, was just oh, great call. Republicans just kicked ass, top to bottom. Kim Reynolds on down, just outstanding work, disciplined party. Disciplined candidates, disciplined operations. It was just vi- endless victory. Yeah, and we t-
0: we've talked about that, right? When we went out to Iowa, we interviewed everybody from the state party chairman all through the legislature and everybody else. And the one thing that we came away with was this this discipline. That these guys were, they're focused on not only good policy, but they're focused on winning. You could see that on Tuesday. They just got it done. Including
2: Zach Nunn, who beat Cindy Axney. Did you guys see this? Yeah. Came, in, came yeah. in. yeah. Great win. Yeah,
0: great win. Really big win. So the disappointments there that we're talking about are like Colorado wasn't close. Mm-hmm. No. Right? Armando Day.
1: Good it, guy, great guy.
0: Good guy, good man, great guy. Way better than
1: Bennett, which is I mean it's horrible. I, my, my the state I'm born in has to deal with more Bennett on top of Russell Wilson.
0: Right. Right. Horrible. You got I mean a real problem, but I mean look, he's wearing the brand and he's got the brand attacking him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So like look, that's a real tough thing. The one, the disappointment for me was Smiley. I thought in that in that King County, uh, Seattle area, she was going to be more competitive, and ultimately that they were going to have a chance to win that. It didn't come close, and that, that's all right. I mean, we've that's been Fool's Gold for a lot of years. She ran a hell of a race. Doesn't take anything away from her. I think at the end of the day, when you look at all of these things, it it just shows you. The media is going to frame this in a way where it's just all negativity. Mm-hmm. The reality is we're going to have a house majority, mm-hmm. minimum.
1: Like the very minimum mm-hmm. is Biden's agenda is stopped dead in his tracks, and he's going to get investigated.
0: That's 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 like our baseline, right? And now there is a very good possibility with a runoff in Georgia,
1: mm-hmm. with
0: Herschel Walker getting to forty nine on the ballot.
1: It's overtime, and that's when he shines.
0: That, that yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. That we could take a senate majority. So I mean. Look, in what planet is that a defeat? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. It's not, right? So we got to process our emotions on all of this. I've, I'm sure that all of us will have, like, more specific thoughts about how and why and and more granularly when we can get through the data about, like, how this thing went down. But that's, like, the top line. And, for
1: and also, so here's my thing is I feel like th- there was this, like, weird defeatist hangover The morning after the election, partially because in so many of these states, the actual prosecution of an election has become so inefficient. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. At at 9 a.m. when every journal was being like, wow, Red Wave was dead. Well, for the next 12 hours, we had like a dozen Republican House members who flipped a seat, you know, right? like the winds have kept rolling in. We've got the majority at in the House minimum. And now we're shooting for the Senate majority.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it it was a good night in a lot of ways, and I I, I, I think that given some time, we can digest some of the numbers and and continue to study um, this election. We're going to have a lot of great analysis for you in the in the days, of-
0: and we're going to have a lot more fun. We wanted to be serious, but it, in all honesty, I wanted it to be fun. But I've got like literally have yeah. not slept y- 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 either. Y'all are well, still I, fighting I can... to
1: win that one. I, right. I, gonna win, man.
0: Laxall's y- gonna win. Y'all still
1: fighting. Yeah, the job but, done. But there. the one
0: thing you come to learn about us is that like we just we're sort of obsessive about these things. <laughs> and there's not like uh, if you, <laughs> if there's still a ball on the field, we're gonna fucking make sure. That's right. That we we're, we're playing it. So we almost uh,
2: we almost didn't do the show today.
0: Yeah. We, we,
2: we, we, we have so much going on.
0: We thought you, we thought you deserved yeah. our initial thoughts. So, so here they are.
1: And also, thank you so much to all the minions who, who have been phone banking, door knocking, volunteering, donating. We're almost there. We got to get Herschel across the. Can finish I say line. something
0: about that? It's gonna be amazing. Can I say something about Please that? Do. Please do. Like, look, you may live in a blue state or a blue district, and you thought now is the time. Right, You made a hell of a lot of calls. You door knocked. You, you may have contributed a couple of bucks. You thought this was the wave, and you were extremely disappointed. What you did builds block on top of block. Yep. Brick on top of brick, right? You don't go backwards from here. What you did is going to help. We're getting closer and closer and closer. And I got to tell you... We're getting close to a point where we can fundamentally change everything. You're exactly right. It's
1: amazing. All the hard work of our listeners, all the minions, all that hard work has gotten us a House majority. Let's make sure we get that Senate majority. Outstanding work, gentlemen. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.
0: Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing.
2: All that you love is all in one trip.
0: Start yours at Virginia.org.